stand, please? I so appreciated that solo just a moment ago, didn't you? And uh, where has she gone? Oh, she left the building. Okay. She, a, li a little lady, but boy, she, um, she really sang, didn't she? She put her heart into that. And uh, that was a great blessing. And uh, the choir, oh my, the choir did well today, did they not? Wow. And they let me sing. And they charged me $50. Is that the going rate to be in the choir? I, I don't know. You might want to join. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> and in fact, if you want to join the choir, is there choir practice today? Oh, then fill out the application and try to get in, okay? And um, that was wonderful, the choir. And then Sunday school was a blessing. And the revival meeting, how the Lord is blessed in the revival meeting. I'm so honored to get to be back with you, Pastor. Thank you for letting me come. And this dear, sweet church, thank you. And Pastor's wife is not very well today, and so let's pray for her. She makes a real difference when she's around, does she not? And uh, bless her heart today. And uh, let's pray, may we? Oh, Lord, my heart was so moved when I heard that solo. Oh, Lord, we're all filled with faults, but you look beyond that and you, you sent your son to die for us. And we're very glad. I'm thrilled to be a Christian. I'm so glad that the church came and brought me to the meeting and told me how to be saved. And I'm glad to be a Christian today. And Lord, we thank you for our visitors. It's always nice to have visitors. Thank you for sending them our way. And Lord, we pray for your touch and help on the sermon. Oh, how we need that. Oh, we need that. And we're looking to heaven. From whence cometh our strength. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Open your Bibles as quick as you can. To the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians chapter 6, if you would please. It is Resurrection Sunday. Of course, every Sunday we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. On the first day of the week, we remember that because he rose on the first day of the week. You turn to Galatians chapter 6. If you have a copy of the Bible exactly like mine, it's page 1259. I don't know if that's any help to you at all. <laughs> but Galatians, there in the New Testament, Galatians chapter 6. And I'm going to read several verses, and I want you to follow along in this passage. We do have those music CDs on that little welcome table back there. They're any size donation. These Bible stories for kids. I've only got one or two of those left. And then that new CD entitled Safely Home. They're just any size donation. But get that afterwards. Let's get into the Bible. Here we are. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. It's Resurrection Sunday. I want you to look at this passage with me. Let him that is taught in the word Communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Ye see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. 
As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they be, shall suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that you may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross. <laughs> God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be unto them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus, Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Our text is that wonderful verse 14. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, point number one in my little sermon today, the meaning of the cross. I mean, why do we have a reason to rejoice today. Well, because we serve a risen Savior. Now you find a man who's rejoicing in something and talking about something. You know, men rejoice about a lot of things. They get a brand new shotgun and they rejoice, you know. They get any kind of new firearm and they're happy, you know what I'm saying? They're going to talk about it for a while. In fact, they'll talk about it for years. You know, they, they like their firearms. They get them a new truck. Woo, they like trucks. How many of you men like trucks? All of us. No need to see a show of hands. Men like trucks. And ladies, I mean, they like va vacuum cleaners. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, but they, they like jewelry. They, they like dresses. Uh, they like chocolate. You, you know, we, we, we enjoy a lot of things. But, you know, when you listen to a man talk, he'll finally tell you what's important to him. You just keep listening. He'll, the more he talks, the more you'll understand what he rejoices in life about. And these Galatians Christians, uh, this church at Galatia, they, they were rejoicing but not in the cross. No, they were rejoicing in the flesh. Uh, verse 12, as many as uh, make a fair show in the flesh. Oh, some big show, putting on some big pretend show and trying to get glory to yourselves and, and uh, uh, get man's applause and the approval of, of this world system. Oh, back in um, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, look at it. Galatians 3 and verse 1, look at it. Oh, look at verse chap chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. You people of Galatia, You've just been so foolish. Who hath bewitched you? Who is it that's tricked you? Who is it that's taken you astray that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Who has tricked you, Galatians? And who have got you all confused about the truth? Ah, oh, so many Americans so confused today. They say we're living in the age of anxiety in America. 
Well, that's true. There's a lot of anxious Americans, you know, and a lot of very confused Americans. Uh, down in the Carolinas, in Charlotte, North Carolina, they had a, a mayoral race to see who was going to be the next mayor, and almost nobody went out to vote. A grand total of 6% of that enormous city went out to vote. 6%. And a mayor won down there. And her first um, big important thing she wanted to do was have bathroom equality. I hate to even talk about something like that. For people to decide which restroom you want to go to. That's a bunch of foolishness, is it not? bunch of foolishness. 6%. One church could have made the difference. In fact, I stopped at one large church down there and I said, hey, uh, you all have voter registration? Oh, no, no, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. We, we, don't, we don't mix politics. Um, it's time for some Christians to stand up and declare what the truth is. Because this church in Galatia, they are confused. Where are we going to find the truth, by the way? Right here in the Bible. And in Jesus Christ. If it's true, it comes from God. But this church in Galatia, they're glorying in the flesh and they're all confused about things and, and they're, they're boasting. Ah, oh, stop all that boasting. We have nothing to boast about. Uh, uh, Paul, who's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, if anybody had something to boast about, I suppose Paul could have. I mean, uh, uh, he was a, a, a big Jew. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He is highly educated. The Bible says he's a Hebrew of the Hebrews. We don't find him boasting about that but instead in chapter 6 and verse 14 God forbid that I should glory <laughs> this illustrious man Paul and all his education and all of his experience he's not glorying his flesh hallelujah he said God forbid I glory save in the cross I've got nothing to boast about Paul says except my savior about my, my, my glorious Lord who went to the cross. So some little points today. Number one, it's a historical cross that he's talking about. See, it really did take place. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, he did leave heaven. He left the splendor of heaven and he came to this earth and he was born there in Bethlehem. I've been right there to Bethlehem. I, was invited to sing in Bethlehem, Bethlehem town, Bethlehem town, tiny village where the Lord came down. I got to sing there right at the very birthplace of where Jesus Christ was born. Bethlehem's about 50,000 people today. It's not a huge, enormous city, about 50,000. But it's where Jesus left heaven and was born. He lived on this earth. We don't read much about his early life. We get a little glimpse at age 12. And then we really don't see much else until age 30. And at age 30, he begins his public ministry. He's got brothers. He's got sisters. It's in the plural. We don't know how many sisters he had. But it's plural, so he had at least two. And, of course, God's his father. He's born of the virgin. That's cardinal doctrine. He's born of a virgin, friends. So that's impossible. And not with God. With God all things are possible. And so Jesus was born there in Bethlehem. He lived these 30 years and then he be begins his public ministry. And he does heal the blind. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? 
He does heal the lepers. You know, lepers, leper colonies. There are leper colonies still in the world today. Unclean, unclean, they used to say. And there are Christians who go and minister in leper colonies. How about that? Why would they go? They would just go to tell folk about Jesus. Even lepers need to know about Jesus. All need to know. And when Christ was on the earth, he healed the lepers. And when Jesus went to a funeral, hmm, that all changed. They all came back to life. <laughs> Around Jesus, it's not death, it's life, friends. <laughs> and life more abundant. And uh, the miracles that Jesus performed, oh yeah. Are they true? Oh yes, they are all true. And then Jesus Christ had a mock trial. Ah, oh, what a mock trial that was. A sham. Trying to find some witnesses about, against Jesus. And Jesus never sinned. There are still gross lies told about Jesus that he sinned. He did not. He is God. God cannot sin. He can't lie. No. We people, we do all the sinning. Not God. So Jesus, mock trial. Boy, his disciples, they're scared. Peter's over there denying him. Oh, Peter had said, I won't deny you, Lord. Yeah, he did. Three times there in that, that passage we read where he denied Jesus. I don't know him. I don't know him. Surely you were with him. No, Peter, forsaken. The Lord Jesus forsaken. Disciples, he's been so good to them. They've seen him feed the 5,000, 5,000 men besides all the women and children. He, they had seen all this, yet they're terrified. And the Lord Jesus allowed people to spit on him. That's gross, isn't it? Oh, about 30 years ago, Major League Baseball game here in America. Batter got in the batter's box, umpire's back there, catcher's there, pitcher. Threw a pitch. Umpire said, strike! Batter didn't like it. Batter didn't like the call. He turned around and spit on the umpire. And America was up in arms about it. Made national news. How dare a baseball player spit on the authority? When I watched the news that night, I thought, oh, my Lord. Sinful men spit on Jesus. I wouldn't want anybody to spit on me, would you? Why would Jesus tolerate that? Why would he endure that? There's only one reason, because he loves us. Some people think, nobody loves me, nobody loves me, nobody loves me. That's just not true. There's a Savior named Jesus Christ who loves everybody in this whole world. Amen. He loves the unlovely. There are a bunch of unlovely people. I'm among them. Nothing lovely about me. But in spite of all of our vile wickedness, I mean, you know, we get cleaned up for church and we, we try to look good. We're wretched sinners, aren't we? 
I don't like to think about my sin. I hate my sin. But Jesus loves me. <laughs> There's an old man late dying. He's an old preacher. A reporter came and was interviewing him, asking him question after question after question about all the sermons he had preached in the course of his life. And the old preacher's laying there on his deathbed. It wouldn't be long that he'd be with the Lord. All these interviews. How many churches have you preached in? What was the biggest crowd you ever preached to? All these questions. Finally, the reporter said, Preacher, what was the greatest thing you ever learned in the Bible? And the old preacher with a little quivering voice sang to him, Jesus loves me, this I know. The old preacher said, that's the best thing I ever learned. Sir James, who invented chloroform. You know, when you have surgery, it's pretty nice to be put out. You know what I'm saying? And Sir James of Scotland, oh, he's a remarkable scientist. And the scientists of the world gathered the uh, leading scientists together and they're, they're honoring Sir James. Oh, Sir James, you incomparable scientist. You've invented now chloroform and it's helped so many patients now. Oh, Sir James, Sir James, we're honoring you tonight. Sir James, what's the greatest thing you've ever learned? He said, oh, the greatest thing I ever learned. It's when I learned that Jesus died on the cross for me. I'm glad that incomparable scientist pointed that day to Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus left heaven. He came to earth, born there in Bethlehem, lived these 33 years, was crucified on a cross, crown of thorns into his lovely head, reviled, mocked. Finally, a spear into his side. Every bone in his body out of place. You ever had a bone out of place? No bones were broken. The Bible's clear. But the bones out of place. The horror of the cross. It's historical fact. We write songs about it. Books have been written about it. You know, this glorious song, oh, about 19, 1913, I think it was, about 109 years ago, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Amen. There he is on the middle cross. Oh, there's more than one cross? Yeah, there's three. He's on the middle cross. There he is, the Son of God. On the middle cross, there's a cross on either side. Oh, who's on those other crosses? The cross on the right and the cross on the left. Who, who's there? Thieves. Such horrible thieves that the empire said they need to be executed too. They're the black sheep of our community, 
You can't trust these men at all. Let's execute them too. There's the most extreme form of execution allowed by Roman law, death by crucifixion. And these two miserable thieves, they're mocking Jesus too. If you've got a kingdom, oh, they're mocking. Both of them are mocking. They're malefactors, the Bible calls them. Finally, one on this cross over here, hallelujah, he comes to his senses. He said, Lord, call Jesus Lord. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. That's quite a request, isn't it? You mean this one being crucified, he's got a kingdom? Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> he's the king of all kings and lord of all lords. He's, he's given his life for us. He's shedding his blood for us. One of the lieutenant governors of America texted me this morning. She's texted me several times during this revival meeting. She texted me this morning. She said, may I never boast in anything except the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God for a lieutenant governor of a state like that. This thief said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. You know what Jesus Christ did on the cross there? He's dying for all of us, but he's dying for this thief. And Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Today. There is no soul sleep. When you die, you go to heaven or hell. Today shalt. Oh, there's no perhaps about it. <laughs> I heard your prayer. I heard your request. Uh, the thief said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Jesus said, today shalt thou. See, Jesus is a personal Savior. Well, I'm a Christian because I'm an American. No, you're not a Christian because you're an American. Well, I, I'm a Christian because my family's all Christians. No, you must personally come to Jesus. This thief has personally come to Jesus. He's personally requested the Lord to remember him. He calls him Lord. He's, he's put his faith in God now. And Jesus said, today shalt thou be. Yeah, everybody's going to be somewhere forever. Going to be in heaven or going to be in hell. Today shalt thou be with me. <laughs> going to be with Jesus. <laughs> There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus no, not one, no, not one. That's true, is it not? Jesus is even a, a friend of a thief here who's being executed because of his heinous crimes. And Jesus, while he's dying for the whole world, he saves that old thief, and the thief gets to go to heaven. He doesn't go to heaven because he got baptized because he never got baptized. He's going to heaven because he put his faith in Jesus. Amen. It's historical fact, friends, about the cross. By the way, uh, between the time of Pontius Pilate and the time of Titus, the, the emperor who, who came later, during those 40 years, do you know they executed some 30 
thousand Jews upon crosses. Did you know that? There's been people who've hated the Jews and hated the Jews and still to this day there's people who hate the Jews. You're looking at one man who loves the Jews. But God loves the Jews. But all these Jews uh, being crucified on a cross, uh, uh, we've forgotten all of them, but we've not forgotten about Jesus being crucified. Oh, Paul says in this passage, Galatians 6, 16, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, it's historical uh, cross that we're looking at today. But not only that, it's a theological cross. It's a theological, the study of God cross. See, Christ died, that's historical fact. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, it says, Christ died for our sins. See, the Bible clearly teaches that he who knew no sin became sin for us. On him was laid the iniquity of us all. Well, Brother Fox, I just don't understand how that happened. There's a lot of things I don't understand. I don't really understand electricity, do you? I can't fully explain gravity. I experience it. I see that we have electric lights. I see. I, I, there's a lot of things I can't fully explain. They're true. Somehow God took the sin of everybody in the world and placed them on Jesus. This is theological fact. Jesus was not dying for his sin. I repeat that. He was not dying for his sin. He was dying for our sin. Now, the cross is much more than just a piece of wood. Oh, people, they, they, they want to, I've got a piece of the cross. There have been people saying that over here in the, the Orient. We've got, a, we've got a piece of the cross, huh? Uh, this cross, it's theological what we're talking about here. Jesus died for us. He died for us, friends. Experiential for me. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Uh, um, Paul says here it's experiential with, with Paul. Isn't that something? Paul who has so many credentials, he's not boasting in those. He's boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ, his Savior. Amazing. The meaning of the cross. Then I wrote out this this morning. I try to write out the math of the cross. I'll close with it. Time has just gone by so quickly this morning. But I thought about the math, M-A-T-H, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> Here's some math of the cross. Do you know the cross has the power to subtract one from going to hell? It's needed, isn't it? It's very needed. John 3, 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. We need the cross, don't we? Subtract us from going to hell. And, and can subtract us in, instantly. The subtraction takes place instantly. John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Woo, just like that, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Is it a complete 
work of the cross, the subtraction from going to hell, is it complete? 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Wow. <laughs> you mean all my transgressions? All my iniquity? Every awful thing I've done? every little peccadillo, my little minor infractions, all of it, all of it, sub completely subtracted from your account when you put your faith in Jesus. And how long does it last? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Oh, this subtraction is forever. <laughs> Once you get saved, you don't have to fear going to hell anymore. Hallelujah. The math of the cross, number one, it subtracts us from going to hell. But number two, it adds one to go to heaven. <laughs> when somebody receives Christ as Savior here in Montana, whoo, it adds one more going to heaven. <laughs> adds one more to the family of God. Galatians 3.26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. It records one more in heaven. Luke 10.20, Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. One more name gets added to the roll of heaven. <laughs> when somebody else receives Christ, looks to the cross for salvation. Um, one more gets added to getting the protection of heaven. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God has his guardian angels around his people. God's in charge. Uh, there, there have been martyrs for Christ. Polycarp really was executed, but God gave him dying grace, you see. Uh, uh, Psalm 34, 7, The angel of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him. Did you hear that? The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Uh, the provision of heaven gets added to your life when you look to the cross. Philippians 4, 19, My God shall supply, what now? All your need. All? Yeah, all. All your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Get added to, uh, get to dwell in heaven. Uh, John 14, 2, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. The math of the cross Subtraction from going to hell. Addition to add one more to get to go to heaven. How about this one? It divides one from the world. <laughs> the cross divides. The cross divides uh, a Christian from the world uh, because of this renovation that takes place. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. A brand new habitation. Colossians 3, verse 3, you're dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Because of the value. 1 Corinthians 1, 18, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. If you're still listening, say Amen. Oh, yeah, it divides one from the world. A separation, separated from the world, separated unto the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. No, no, no. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath that he which believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. 
As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be sons and daughters, saith the Lord. So yeah, the cross, it uh, subtracts one from going to hell. It adds you to get to go to heaven. It divides you from the world. And lastly, it multiplies your treasures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it multiplies. How? By relationship, first off. Uh, Romans 8 and 16 and 17. Heirs of God, it says, and joint heirs with Jesus. Joint heirs with Jesus. Yeah, in the family of God. Rewards. Rewards for serving the Lord. Revelation twenty-two, twelve. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Got a reservation. You got a reservation here at this hotel? Well, if you're saved, you got a reservation in heaven. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, a lot of multiplication goes on. So Paul, in this passage, he just simply, as a Christian, says, I have nothing to boast about except the cross of Jesus Christ, my Savior. How about you? What have you got to boast about? Well, I, I've been married 39 years. I have. I've been married 39 years. My wife has told me that she's not turning me in. She says she's worked too hard on it this far. She's not going to trade me in. I'm glad to hear that. I'm a granddad. Two years ago, my son called and said, Dad, I just want to tell you, you're great, man. I said, well, thank you, Michael. He said, in fact, Dad, Dad, you're just grand. That's what you are. I said, well, that's nice to hear. He said, I'm telling you, you're just one granddad. That's what you are. I said, Michael, you've made my day. He said, Dad, I'm going to tell you one more time. You are just a granddad. I said, wait a minute. Are you telling me something? He said, I'm telling you something, Dad. <laughs> Woo! I'm a granddad. Ayla. Oh, yeah. I'm very thankful to get to be Ayla's granddad. Remember the first time I held her and had our first conversation. It's mostly a one-sided conversation. And uh, she talks a lot now. But uh, I'm telling her about the Lord. Oh, uh, we try to boast in marriage size of our house, the buck we shot, whatever. No, really we have nothing to boast in except Jesus. Amen. Jesus who really did die on a cross for our sins. He really was buried. And he really did rise from the dead on the first day of the week. And because of that, the whole world can look to Jesus and be saved. Even a bartender can get saved? Oh, yeah. Over there in Philadelphia... In Philadelphia, there's a great big fellow. He used to live down there in Louisiana. Yeah. And a door knocker from the church. Two men from the church went out and knocked on Burton's door. Burton said, who is it? We're from the church. Leave me alone. They wouldn't leave him alone. Who is Burton? He is the bouncer over at the bar. And these men got a burden for him. And eventually, you know what happened? I, time's up. Uh, Burton got saved. 
What's he doing these days? Oh, he's a fearless preacher now. You over there in Philadelphia, he started two churches now. He's pastoring two churches. One's just not enough. There's so many people in Philadelphia, they're just going to start as many churches as possible. Would you stand with me? Oh, Burton got saved. Yeah. Yeah, he's a wicked man. Jesus has enough power to save wicked men. There's very rich men in this world who have said no to the Lord. And when they die, they're going to go to hell. There have been very wicked men in this world who have done a lot of wicked things who came and said, Lord, would you save me? Now I'm going to tell you what God always says. He always says, yes, I will. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to ask our pianist to come and find the song just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Oh, I'm glad that 49 years and 11 months ago I received Christ as my Savior. I was a boy of eight years old. I took Jesus as my Savior. You take him too. Have you taken Jesus Christ as your Savior? With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, me and Jesus looking. How many of you could say, Brother Fox, I know that I'm saved. Would you, you raise a hand right now and say, Brother Fox, I know I'm saved. There's no doubt about it. I know that I've received Christ as my Savior. God bless you. Are there any folk in the room today who would say, Brother Fox, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I've ever received Christ as my Savior. Brother Fox, how do you do that? Well, I'm going to tell you how to receive Christ as your Savior right here, right now. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now, Jesus said that. Except you repent. Well, what in the world does that word repent mean? It basically means about face. It's a military-like term to mean a complete turn. An acknowledgement that you're going the wrong direction. Without Jesus, you are going the wrong way. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Well, then we better get to repenting. Well, how do I receive Christ? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth, oh, there it is. You've got to believe. Well, what do you have to believe? You've got to believe that Jesus is God's Son. If you don't believe Jesus is God's Son, you'll never get saved. You must believe that he went to a cross. Jesus did. It's historical fact, but it's theological fact that he was there on the cross dying in our place with all of our sins laid upon him. This was God's plan. You must believe he died on the cross. You must believe he gave his life there. You must believe that they buried him in that tomb. As part of the gospel, they did bury him in a borrowed tomb. Why was it a borrowed tomb? Because he wasn't going to stay in there but three days. Because see, three days later he rose from the dead. What do you mean? He came back to life. That's historical fact. Now, if you do not believe that Jesus rose bodily from the grave 
from the tomb, if you don't believe that, you are not saved and you're not on your way to heaven. But you can put your faith in that right now. And you could pray right now where you are and say, Lord, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I encourage you to do it right here, right now, right where you stand, right now. Would you pray, Lord, I put my faith in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that they buried Jesus. And I believe he rose from the dead. And Lord, the best I know how right now, I'm repenting of my sin. Lord, I don't want to go to hell. Tell the Lord that. Tell him, Lord, I don't want to go to hell. Lord, I want you to save me. I want you to rescue me. Tell him. Ask him to save you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Is there anyone in the room right now that just now, just today, just this morning, is there some of you in this room who just today you call on the Lord to save you? Would you slip a hand up and let me rejoice with you? Is there anybody in this room that just today you call on the Lord to save you? If you're happy about it, would you raise your hand? Now, what about all us Christians? What are we glorying in? And what are we talking so much about? Rather than Paul talking about how wonderful he was and so forth, he began to talk about how wonderful his Savior was. As the music plays, those who want to come to the altar, I wish you'd come. Right now, all the Christians that might want to come, the husbands and wives that may want to come and hold hands for a moment up here at the front. Yeah, come on, that's good. Who else wants to come? You're among friends here today. Who else would like to come? Yes, come on, that's good. If you'd like somebody, just come pray with you. Just get somebody. And come up here and pray a little while, would you? Yes, God bless you, sir. Who else would like to come? there's anyone troubled about your soul and you still just don't really understand this matter of salvation but would like to talk to somebody about it would you just come our pastor's right here in the front and you can come and say pastor I want to know more about this being saved